0: Welcome to God Pods, faith conversations from Boston College's Church in the 21st Century Center. Welcome to God Pods. I'm Patrick Gonsalves. In this episode of God Pods, we'll be talking about finding God in beauty. Have you ever spent time looking at the art that exists within a Catholic church? The statues, paintings, patterns, etchings, stained glass? Even the organ is a masterpiece to behold. Churches are instruments of sheer beauty. How was all this art formed? And what are the stories behind the people who dedicate their lives in making these sacred works? And what are some of the ways God has inspired them? Our guest today is sculptor Jacob Wolfe. I'm proud to say that Jacob is my brother-in-law, and I'll never forget the first time I stepped into Jacob's factory space in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in awe. I was in the company of a multitude of works of art. Nine foot tall statues of the saints, countless ornamental carvings, various woodwork renditions of the stations of the cross, newly carved pews showcasing elaborate curves and detail. I felt like I was transported back to the Renaissance, a fly on the wall gaining a bird's eye view of the inner workings of the creation of sacred art. I'm thrilled to have an opportunity to have Jacob share his faith journey with us today and to have him invite us into his process and give us a little insight as to how God inspires his daily work. Jacob, welcome to God Pods.
1: Thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having me. And I uh, appreciate that introduction. That was great. Well, we're
0: happy to have you. We're thrilled to have you. We can't wait to dive in. Um, there's just so much to talk about here, and I don't think we can encompass it in one god pod. It's just you've done so much, and you're very inspiring. And um, I'm just happy to have you on uh, today's god oh, thank pod. You. So why don't we start by uh, kind of getting a brief history? Because I mentioned earlier in the intro, sacred art, and I think you know I didn't really know what this term meant until meeting you actually, and I didn't even know it was a genre. But it's actually one of the oldest genres around. So why don't you just give us a little bit of a brief history about how sacred art developed and how it found its way into our church.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I'll just put a disclaimer that uh, I am no way a uh, art historian. So <laughs> neither <laughs> am I. <laughs> yeah, neither <laughs> is listening there who are art historians. <laughs> what uh, uh, I say that to myself, and I am just a uh, humble little sculptor. But I, 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 I do enjoy researching, and I, I try to, to learn as much as I can uh, for my craft, and, and, and you know just for myself to, to learn as much as I can about sacred art in the church. But uh, yeah, um, you know. From the very beginning, you I know, mean, I think we can go pretty far back. But I think the most influential um, uh, group of period uh, for art and and sculpture that kind of started a lot of this this uh, uh, was actually the, the Greek period, um, ancient Greece. Um, I, I would say from like 300 to 500 BC, you know, somewhere around that time. And uh, you know we see this this uh, advancement, this, uh, uh, this seeking of of uh, exploring a human form uh, and and most of stone uh, that we know of, and uh, and some painting and, and pottery and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you see, you know, this incredible uh, desire to become um, really good at portraying this, this art form and, and marble. And so we see this, uh, we also even see, you know, um, some of the sacred as well. So they would um, carve blocks of, of marble or livestock wow. uh, into, into their Greek gods or deities. Uh, so we see from a very early time um, that, uh, you know, art and, and sculpture was used as a, as a way to show the secret. Uh, and mm-hmm. we even think that very different times when we think that um, and you know, you, you would see uh, you know pharaohs and kings and and the dots, you know, carved and and uh, and santo. Um, so it's it's very interesting. But I, I think uh the Greeks kind of advanced it so much, and the that's why we ended up having, um, sort of having the Renaissance. I'm kind of skipping pretty, pretty fast here, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Renaissance basically, uh, it basically aims rebirth. Right. Um, so it's, it's revitalizing a sense of culture, uh, from the Greeks, um, and, and the skills that they had, uh, using the human form and, uh, and bringing it, uhm, to the Renaissance time and, and kind of, using even more so in the church. Um, but, you know, we see even in our 2,000 years of history that, uh, you know, even from the very beginning, uh, Christians, uh, people underground in the Roman time, you know, they were, uh, you know, using art uh, to teach and, and um, as a part of their worship, uh, you know, underground. So, I mean, they're using sacred art you know, even, even then. So the church has a long history of using sacred art. That's, that's
0: true. I mean, it's, it's and, 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 you know, when you when you see some of the churches today, I mean, it's just amazingly elaborate, and just the structure. I mean, the church itself is is a, is a piece of art. And um, could you talk a little bit about, like, in Mass, the, the sacred art, what what its function is? I mean, I remember talking to you before in the past. You mentioned something about moving souls toward God through beauty, and I thought that was just very eloquent.
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, the, the sacred, sacred art um, in, in the church, I mean, it, it's almost like, uh, so, okay, so in the Mass, right, in the middle of Mass we have uh, the Catholic priest um, he he has a homily. The homily is basically uh, you know he's teaching the faithful about the scriptures. He's, he's um, I mean usually about the gospel or the readings of that, that day that mass, right. um, and also the doctrines of the church. And so too you know sacred art actually is, is sort of a homily in itself as well on its own. Yeah. Um, it it, uh, it actually has you know I I think the sacred, sacred art actually has two elements, right? Okay. So it's got its functionality which is it, it teaches the faithful the faith through, um, you know, uh, visual turns right? So uh, it makes the invisible visible. And, you know, on the other side, too, the, other, the second element is it, it should lift one soul up towards heaven. So, you know, as Catholics, we believe that, you know, uh, we're well, here on earth, right? And our, our, our number one goal other than to, to be close to God and, and hold to his commandments is to get to heaven with, you know, and in Trinity with him forever. You know, that is the only reason we're here. And and to also, you know, bring as many people as we can uh, also to heaven. And so that's like the biggest goal as we we have as Catholics, right? And so what better uh, to to find a a way to inspire people? So sacred art is kind of a vehicle for that. So you know, in these beautiful uh, churches, um, you know, you beautiful architecture, beautiful art. It's all meant to lead one up towards heaven, to use, to, to you know, guide the viewer towards heaven, to something um, uh, more beautiful than themselves, you know, to God, to the heaven, heavenly reality. And it's like, you know, I can't physically, uh, you know, sculpt or design something that's going to be exactly like heaven, but, you know, it's something that we, we try to strive for in sacred art, um, you know, to inspire the faithful.
0: Well, Jacob, I have to say that is an amazing purpose and what a function, you um, to, yeah. to kind of fulfill through sacred art and it's no wonder that that there's so much of it out there and, and uh,
1: my hope is that.
0: to continue to, to see more um, yeah so uh, for obviously our listeners who don't know you um, you've kind of dabbled in music you play the bagpipes you're, you're a viol- <laughs> an accomplished violinist you've kind of just done so many different things but you haven't just done them you've, you've excelled at them. And so um, you've always kind of been a creative person, you, and you've always used the gifts that God's given you in, in an amazing way. Tell us a little bit about your upbringing, your faith, and how it's led you to the path of creating and sculpting sacred art.
1: Sure. I mean, my faith is, has always been a part of me, and I, I know. But I have to thank my, my wonderful parents for that. I, I grew up in a, a family of seven kids, and uh, I was you know somewhere in the middle. <laughs> uh, I would like say you know, I was the oldest of the second group. <laughs> I guess their Catholic family did that, but uh, yeah, I mean I, it was kind of always a part of my my thing. You know, I as a as a you know young kid, I always loved building things. I would always love to fix things for my dad or, or, you know, ask him, you know, what can I fix? What can I build? And, uh, funny enough, we, we uh, I grew up next to this like bamboo forest, believe it or not. And so I would cut those bamboos down and I, I would literally build anything under the sun out of those bamboos. Anything, anything I, I could try to build, I would build. And, and, uh, and, you know, I would also use wood and all the other stuff that I, that I could find, you know? And, uh, uh, and so, you know, I, it, it, that kind of spelled my, my, my sense of creativity and my, my needs and, and want to, and desire to build and create things out of nothing. And, and so it kind of stuck with me, you know, uh, throughout my life. And, and uh, you know, I was an ultra starter uh, for a long time, uh, you know, and, and I kind of developed my faith a little bit. You know, and, and, and in all honesty, uh, I really, really truly didn't have the desire to to follow my faith as I did, you know, pretty much halfway through college. So, you know, I kind of had my rebellious age, and and I, you know, I just had a, at the time, I I really just had a lack of of faith and education, uh, not as much as I should have had. So, uh, and really, I just had a, kind of a moment where I, I realized that, you know, God's given me this gift, uh, of creating and uh, after being kind of inspired by, by some of the great masters and I'm you know I'm sitting here you know looking at you know a book with Michelangelo's David or, or, or Pieta and I just realized that that's that's so beyond even Michelangelo himself that it was, you know, heavenly. It was sacred, wow. and so I just had this connection, you know, um, to it. And so, you know, funny enough, uh, during that time, I, I uh, had the pleasure of. of being asked to, you know, paint the church ceiling for a summer job. Uh, I, this was still my rebellious stage, right? So, I, you know, I was like, you know, I, I, sure, you know, I could use the money. <laughs> and this was a new uh, parish priest at the time, Father Patrick Winslow. And uh, so I went on you know, I, so I was going to paint the ceiling. I was like, sure. It ended up being, uh, a, you know, a coffered ceiling with stencil work and gold leaf, and that led to, you know, making the walls, you know, block like and the back sanctuary wall. We, we designed this, where out of wood, and I, I built it all in the church Garage. And, um, he, he pretty much gave me the opportunity to, to really find this, this desire in me. And it's really that from that point on, I kind of blossomed, um, what I'm doing today. I mean, he, he helped me co-found the, the business that I'm in now, and and uh, yes. my desire to, to be be in sculpture and, and bring beautiful works of art to the church. So it's, uh, it's kind of that's where it's all it's pretty much started. So
0: uh, that's an amazing journey. So Father yeah. Patrick Winslow has was was a pivotal figure, and he yeah. And I'm assuming when you the church you're talking about one of your first churches. That's the St. John's Church in Tryon. North Carolina.
1: That's right. Yeah, St. John. St. John the Baptist. That's right.
0: Right. Well, on the topic of Father Patrick Winslow, can you tell us a little bit about some of the people, other people who helped guide your formation as a sculptor and what role they played in some of
1: your early works? Yeah, so it's it's funny because you know from that uh, that beginning, you know I, I was like you said I was a, I was a music major actually at Appalachian, and at that time I, I you know at the same time I was switching uh, majors, so cause, you know I loved music but it just wasn't fulfilling for me, so uh, I switched majors to furniture design, and I really you know got into woodworking and wood carving and design. And um, it ultimately actually led to my first uh, sculpture, and uh, by a, a person there at St. John's, and uh, um, she she was just a sweetheart. She she pretty much said, "Sure, make me, make me a sculpture uh, of Our uh, Our Lord Divine Mercy," and I was like, That's "Great!" And she knew I have never done a sculpture before in my life, uh, so this was kind of a a huge. Uh, uh, jump of trust for her. <laughs> <laughs> but she saw something in uh, you, right? I, yeah, and, and she saw the work that I did in the church. And she, she just wanted me to do it. And she knew my desire for, for sculpture. And, uh, and, and so she she trusted me. And and guided, you know, uh, obviously she knew I, I was being guided by, by God's grace as well because we talked you know, quite often. And uh, yeah, so, you know, it was supposed to be a small little thing. And It ended up being a life sculpture of our Lord Divine Mercy, and um, when I first got started, it was uh, it was pretty sad. It was uh, I had some armature up, which is basically the the internal you know structural shell of the, the sculpture, um, and, and you know it's funny. It, so I was at my parents doing this actually, and uh, my neighbor up the street heard about it and. Uh, it just so happened that he was a professional uh, figure sculptor. <laughs> Very well known. <laughs> that's, what we call, and, uh, that's what we call a god Jacob. Jacob. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So he he found out that I was doing this and uh, stopped by. And he was like, you know, why don't you bring this up to my shop and, and maybe we'll, we'll start over and, and start fresh and, and see where it goes. And... Uh, And it was because of that 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 I really, I mean, I was able to to, to start and finish my first sculpture. And with the little time that he was able to give me as far as instruction and and, um, motivation, (laughs) I mean, I I was able to make a sculpture. And uh, I can't explain it any other way other than than, um, uh, grace from God, so... Uh, it was definitely very, very impactful, and uh, it was kind of like one of those things ever since then, you know, uh, I've, uh, I've been kind of getting better and better, and um, there have been plenty of, of clients that clients have become friends of mine and, and who have supported me all along the way,
0: so I, I'm very blessed to have it. Tell us a little bit about, I know offhand that you've worked on this uh, project called the Fatima Grotto Project. Um, yeah, what was what was that project about? What was it like working? and, and how did
1: God inspire you to put that together? Yeah, so we're actually working. That's coming <laughs> We're still on that project right now. Actually, it's uh, it's been a long time in the planning process. Um, but uh, yeah, so my parish priest um, came to me and and said he wanted to do a, a sculpture of Our, our Lady uh, Fatima, and uh, of course I was yeah, eager to do it. Um, and so we, we started to uh, design the process. I designed this beautiful grotto and this piazza yeah, that's a kind of a grotto uh, and um, kind of a nice, nice and exciting, kind of niche uh, for our Lady Theodore. And it turned out to be a, a, quite a big project, actually. And uh, it's going to end up being my first marble project. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, I'm really excited about it. I, I've been wanting to. You know, ever since I started this, I've been wanting to, to move towards uh, doing sculpture and marble, and uh, which is, you know, a pretty pretty big challenge and, and a huge learning curve, uh, as you would imagine. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to to look at it. Um, I, I I won't be carving the marble this time. I'm actually going to be sending uh, a plaster cast of my clay model that I sculpt um, to get your done, Italy, and uh, they'll be carving it for me. Um, it's just something that studios have been doing for a long time. So uh, they're good at it, so, and they not do it for me. So I'm excited to work with them. Right. So your studio
0: is called Ars Choli. I mean, this is where you do all your work. And I mentioned in the intro that it's it's kind of like being transported back in the Renaissance or what I imagine the Renaissance to be in terms of a, an artist's sure. studio space. But there's definitely a, a modernity to it. You have machines that have to cut. Complicated curves, and you know, you need to do uh-huh. this to scale. And it's 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 fascinating because, um, as as someone who went to art school myself and has been around studios for for all my life, this was a different type of studio that I haven't seen. And I mean, okay. you know, it's not just classical in nature. There's there's a, a, a use of technology
1: here. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, I, mean, I, I think uh, I think Michelangelo would have be a big proponent of using the technology of our time to. Uh, to make more sculpture, right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, I, I use uh, the, uh, you know uh, old hand tools and ancient technology to to brand new technology to CNC technology in my shop, uh, which is just uh, you know a, a computer based router uh, that will cut complicated works, uh, even three dimensional works. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I I, I use. Um, anything, everything to, to make it more efficient, to make it a better quality. Right. Um, and, you know, I think you know a good sculptor uh, will will have um, those things on hand, and, and they're they have to be trained in, in many different uh, uh, skills. You know, I mean, as a sculptor, you got to be able to do woodworking. You got to be able to do ceramics, casting. Making um, other than you know, play work, uh, figurative work. I mean, it's amazing, <laughs> yeah. you have To be able to draw, it's, it's just. It all That's with right. And yeah, just just the basic skills, absolutely, That's and uh, even a little bit of uh, I got to be able to read architectural drawings too from from other architects as well. So it's uh, it's definitely diverse, and it's definitely something that um, you know my repertoire I just keep you know adding and adding. You know, I, I take on the motto of Michelangelo had, and, and that was simply "bod," which which it translates to always learning. So I, you know. I kind of adapt that to every project that I take on, you know, because I'm always learning. Uh, every project is a new challenge, um, and, uh, you know, I look forward to that. Well, that's a good so motto I- to have. So your,
0: your factory space, your studio space is called Ars Choli. Am I saying it right?
1: Yeah, you can say Choli. Um, I, I say Choli, but both is okay. Yeah, Ars Choli. And what does that mean? Chaley, uh, is Latin, and uh, it actually uh, translates to both the chisel and heaven, and always translates to art. Um, so it's a, a, it pretty much translates to, uh, literally translates to, art of the chisel and art of heaven. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it beautifully signifies what my business is all about and, and what I do and why right. I do it. Um, and uh, I had the help of soda Wenzel uh, with, with that name, which he co-founded he, he, he it with me. And uh, we, we were we were very pleased to come up with that name, and it basically really embodies um, uh, what I do and, and why I do it. So,
0: well, it absolutely fits. In terms of feedback and people who've actually um, experienced your work, what are some of the things that they've they've said to you?
1: Well, you know, it's, um, it's probably uh, a lot of it's positive. Uh, a lot of it's um, shock, not at my abilities per se, but that someone's still doing it. Um, it's interesting you know, I that think- you mention that
0: someone's still doing this because, I mean, I don't know enough to comment on this type of artwork, but there is this kind of feeling that you don't run into this type of sculpture every day
1: yeah I mean there's not many not there's not many typical that are are doing it specifically uh, you know for the church right. um, you know I, I like to kind of um, you know break art into to two categories: one being secular, one being sacred. Um, sacred art, you know. It was a blossoming in the Renaissance era, and, and even before that, and after that, and up until really the last century and a half, um, it, it was really the form of art um, that was held the most high. Um, it was the highest form of art, and and you know now it's kind of diluted a little bit. I mean, we have a lot of sacred artists. Oh, I'm sorry, secular artists, um, and you know. Not many people know many sacred artists, so um, uh, but you know I, I think it's it is you know slowly coming back. But you know, like you said, I think it was, it's mainly people you know who, who aren't really aware. I mean, I, I have people come up to me all the time on and starting the work and saying that the work is beautiful, but like saying I didn't know that people still do this. Right. You know? I, and, well, that was so my reaction. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, I think it's uh, you know being a topic myself, you know, and beyond. You know my business, and I have to run the business and make a living. Um, you know it's 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 very um, rewarding because I, I get to uh, show people that you know, there are people still doing this, and there's a reason why people are doing this. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm Catholic, and I believe in what I do. You know, I I want to make beautiful things, and I want I want people, you know, and, and really want to. Um, bring people towards God through my art, I mean, which, you know, as we said before, that's the whole point of sacred art. I want to bring people towards heaven. I want to give them the heaven, heavenly reality. Um, not, I mean, not for my own sake, but, you know, for the sake of God and for their soul, you know. And, uh, and just just like I want, you know, um, I have two little boys, and I, you know, I want them to be able to, to see beautiful art and be inspired by that and, and be inspired enough to live good lives and, and to live, yeah, with uh, the um, goal of getting to heaven. So, I mean, that's why I do it. Well, that's a. <laughs> so, that's, that's, that's it's definitely moment. rewarding to be able to, to get up in theaters every day. Well, Jacob,
0: it's a wonderful purpose, and you're doing amazing work. And you've inspired you. me, and, I'm, and, and I know you've inspired so many. Um, mm-hmm. And you're definitely an inspiration to your little boys as well. I can attest to that. So, <laughs> speaking of which, how do you, I mean, uh, being your... Being your brother in law, and we've talk, we've talked on the phone, and you're still at the at the at the studio and factory and doing what you of need course. to do. And I know that you're a new father to two boys. How do you balance it all, Jacob? I mean, how do you make it all work?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think it comes down to you know I've had to learn how to run a business. Uh, I, I am not geared that way. I'm not built that way at all. I'm complete. Uh, stereotypical artists, and as far as you know, attention span and everything else, (laughs) but you know, at the end of the day, I do have to put food on the the table, um, you know, a shelter for my family, you know, so I've had to learn the business side of things, and that. Along with learning that discipline, I've had to learn the discipline of, of like anyone else, uh, that runs their own business or, or work in general. You know, I've had to learn how to uh, use my time wisely um, at the shop. Um, I've had to, you know, pick up things that save me time as well uh, in the shop. So it's kind of, you know, it's a nice balance of things. And sometimes I get some equity visits from, from uh my little family, uh, at the shop. So that's always fun. But, uh, you know, losing <clears throat> and, and was important. Lately, I think, uh, it comes down to my, my, supportive wife. She's been, um, super awesome and very supportive about what I do. And yeah, I know that she believes in, in, in what I do and what we do, okay. uh, uh, in sculpture and art and bringing it to the church. And, um, I just, there's no way I could, couldn't have done it without her. So, right. um, yeah, I would say it's the support of life is how I do it. <laughs> she do <listening> it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know, maybe. <laughs> how do people find you, Jacob? I mean, do you, if someone wants you to create a work, how do they, how do they reach out to you?
1: Well, you know, I, I, I've, I, I've done this in word of mouth. And a lot of, uh, uh, it's funny, most, most of my work uh, right now is still in the Charlotte area, and, um this is my seventh year of, uh, business, and, uh, uh, it's, it's mostly, I would say, ninety eight percent of it has been through Catholic priests here in the Charlotte diocese. And uh, thank God they're all, they're all returning clients, and I keep, keep getting them. And I'm starting to branch outside the Charlotte diocese, but uh, what of mouth is, is the, uh, the best way. Um, obviously, my website arschimini. Uh, anyone can go visit and, and check it out, for my work, and, and uh, contact me um, through my email. Um, and uh, also, uh, I'm on Instagram. Um, that's uh, my only social media account. That's <laughs> <So, laughs> very easy. I text post good. It goes
0: uh, back to can, that uh, start- life and work balance, right? We can
1: only Yeah only <laughs> exactly. so much social
0: media we can we can handle.
1: That's right. Yeah, so they can they can uh, check that out at Wolf uh, Work. They're on Instagram, so uh, yeah, feel free to, to stop by and check it out.
0: Well, uh, I've 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 been to your Instagram account. I I I've obviously I follow you on Instagram, and I will say that um, from a learning standpoint, it's always good to tune into what you're doing. Um, your last project with that with the baldacchino that that central piece, and you had that yeah. uh, you had that time lapse. And I never yep. knew that you needed a whole team to structure that, <laughs> and that it was it needed to be shipped into a church. Um, it, oh, yeah. it is amazing! It is amazing.
1: Yeah, um, that, that 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 was I said the project. Yeah, that was incredible. It was an antique volcano, and uh, uh, it hit 24 feet high. It was like 10 foot by 10 foot, uh, and uh, I don't and it's, it was huge. I mean, uh, I think it was originally from uh, Austria. And uh yeah, so we needed a whole team of people to, to to lift that up. We had lifts and scaffolding and all that. And uh um thank God it turned out turned out great. But uh, uh and that's that's another way, you know. I you don't always have to to make new things, but uh with, uh all the antiques and uh, little that are still out there it's that's that's good to, to uh, put my hands on it and uh, and uh, make it uh, make it new for for another church so that was that was fun right. i mean it's but yeah they actually uh, it, it, it's a 18 too probably in the next week or two um i'll be posting this, uh this Um, this last project that I'm doing I'm actually installing it tomorrow it's uh, a custom tabernacle for our parish uh, here at St. Anson Charlotte and uh, it truly came out beautiful Um, uh, the design was made by a McCreary architect firm up in D.C. and uh, I built it and and did some uh, relief uh, sculpture on it as well and then um, that all went to a builder uh, where she laid 24 karat gold leaf on it and burnished it so that's beautiful shiny and, and spotless um, and it's truly one of the most unique tabernacles in the world so uh, wow. I'm really excited to, to post some pictures up of that So
0: well we can't wait to see them Jacob thank you so much for giving a little a little glimpse into your daily, daily work your faith journey yeah. it's been a pleasure Um, And I can't wait to to follow up with you. But as we close, Christmas is just around the corner. Would you share a hope for the Christmas season for our listeners? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, I think, you know, uh, the Abbott uh, season is obviously a season... To prepare for Christmas, and you know, as we do our own, you know, you know, as we have all the material things around us, you know, with with uh, well, anything from, from parties and uh, um, get-togethers, um, I, I think you know it's it's paramount that we you know keep uh, you know in our minds and hearts what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about Christ coming on earth and saving us from our sins and that he is the light of the world and kind of what we talked about earlier with with, uh, our goal here on uh, on earth um you know, other than being close to our Lord and obeying His commandments, is to get to heaven, uh, to strive to get to heaven, and, and to bring as many people as we can, and at least share the good news uh, about heaven and, and living in eternity with with our Lord. And so perhaps maybe, you know, uh, when you're in church uh, over the uh, Advent season and, and Christmas, Maybe just look in the church, maybe just observe, look at the stations of the cross, look at the the sanctuary uh, and look at the art and, and the sculpture, uh, and just just kind of think of heaven and see if it inspires you and, and, and uh, which you 're supposed to you know um, and uh, so i I just hope that uh, um, we kind of go through this season and thinking about our Lord as the light of the world, so
0: on behalf of all our listeners, we want to wish you uh, a, a merry, merry Christmas and, you know, the rest of this Advent season. And thank you so much for giving us a little glimpse into, in, into what you do daily. You're doing amazing work, Jacob. Thank you. Thank you very much, Patrick. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas.
0: For more Catholic faith resources, follow us at bc.edu c21 or via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.